You're listening to the Nomcast, a proud member of Forgotten Entertainment. Now, where to begin? My mother named me Enola, which backwards spells alone. And yet, we were always together. And it was wonderful. She was my whole world. Which leads me on to the second thing you need to know. A week ago, I awoke. Mother? To find that my mother was missing, and she did not return. I'm presently on the way to collect my brothers, Mycroft and Sherlock. Yes, Sherlock Holmes, the famous detective, my genius brother. He will have all the answers. Enola. Where's your hat and your gloves? Well, I have a hat. Just makes my head itch. And I have no gloves. My God. A wild woman brought up a wild child. Who will make her acceptable for society. She seems intelligent. There are two paths you can take, Enola. Yours, or the path others choose for you. It is time to find my mother. The game is afoot. Welcome to the Nomcast, the Netflix original movie podcast. I am your host, Andrew Morgan. You can follow the show at NomcastPod on Twitter and Instagram, or you can follow me at JokesOnDrew. All right, this episode is our review of a film Netflix acquired during the height of the pandemic back in April and premieres today here in the U.S. Of course, I speak of the Sherlock Holmes Expanded Universe spinoff, Enola Holmes, based on the popular young adult book series by Nancy Springer and starring Stranger Things standout Millie Bobby Brown as the titular character Enola. Ah, picture it. England, 1884. A world on the brink of change. On the morning of her 16th birthday, Enola wakes to find that her mother, played by Helena Bonham Carter, has disappeared leaving behind an odd assortment of gifts but no apparent clue as to where she's gone or why. After a free-spirited childhood, Enola suddenly finds herself under the care of her brothers, Sherlock, played by Superman himself, Henry Cavill, and Mycroft, played by Hunger Games' Sam Claflin, who are both set on sending her away to a finishing school for proper young ladies. Refusing to follow their wishes, Enola escapes to search for her mother in London, but when her journey finds her entangled in a mystery surrounding a young runaway lord, played by Paddington 2's Lewis Partridge, Enola becomes a super sleuth in her own right, outwitting her famous brother as she unravels a conspiracy that threatens to set back the course of history. Joining me in our review today is the perfect guest for anything Sherlock and mystery related, my friend and return guest, Mr. Michael Field. Mike is a screenwriter, director, film podcaster, and an author of the Adam Parker series of novels featuring a young, budding detective. So like I said, kind of perfect. Mike is also quite the Sherlock fan, so this is a really good, deep conversation that we will get into in just a moment. I would encourage you all to check out everything Mike Field has to offer on his website, michaeldfield.com, and check out both his podcasts, Forgotten Cinema and yet another MCU podcast on ForgottenEntertainment.com, 
which of course you know is the group that this podcast is under as well. So check all that out when you have a sec. I also urge anyone who hasn't already to please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, The Nomcast, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to us right now. All right, let's get to it. Here it is, our review of the adventure film that will surely be number one this week on Netflix, Enola Holmes. Give a listen. All right, he's a screenwriter, a director, an author, and a host of two successful podcasts, but he's mostly here to embroider and speak the kings. It's Mike Field. Hello, everybody. Hey. <laughs> What's going on, sir? It's good to see your face, even if it's not a face-to-face, but uh, this is good. I enjoy this. I, I know you're such a... You're one of the only people I know who's like deep into Sherlock Holmes. I know people who are into it as a property, but I know you uh, You actually read, which is uh, an interesting <laughs> thing that most people don't do I'm these l- days. I'm learned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I was riveted and actually sought out. You guys did the Forgotten Cinema episode on young Sherlock Holmes, which is a nice kind of bookend to this, you know, kind of looking at what they did with the, you know, the Sherlock property back in 85 and now seeing uh, a different offshoot of it now. Uh, and I, I found that very interesting to watch to see what version of Sherlock and, and listening to you guys and seeing the complications of doing a Sherlock in that form because they didn't have kind of a sanctioned Sherlock and this kind of version where it's based on books, but not obviously a Conan Doyle product. So I was very interested to watch this, and I don't know about you. I want to get your general <laughs> thoughts right up top, but man, for for this time period, I don't know if it's just the pandemic, but it's also been the type of movies I've been watching lately uh, between really depressing documentaries <laughs> or really heady films, you know, that make you have to like you know breathe in complex philosophies and things this movie was a breath of fresh air in many different ways i know it has its flaws but man did i have a good time watching this movie so what are your general thoughts on the movie after you watched it i thought it sucked no um (laughs) uh, well i mean i think you that that goes to the point of you know uh you want to watch movies are supposed to be escapism you know you want to escape the, for sure the world you're in now for you know lack of a better term but like you know you just you want to watch something that kind of takes you away for two hours so i think in that regard yes it's it's a nice escapist type movie it's an adventure um uh, we're not necessarily the target audience the demographic it's probably it skews a little younger than us um, right so you know that has to be taken into account i enjoyed it um, or your drake <laughs> as you brought up to me off yes off mic. absolutely um i enjoyed it it's it's a it's a nice adventure. I mean, the I the first time I watched it, I was digging it. Like you said, I like Sherlock Holmes. Um, I know there's some stuff. There's some Sherlock Holmes stories are in the public domain. That's why you always see different versions of them. That's why you always see people using the character in their books and their movies. There's certain aspects of Holmes that are protected, so they can't. Um, which this movie kind of got in trouble with a little. Um, yeah, they're being sued right now. Yeah, they're being because they because Sherlock shows emotion and that's something that's copyrighted. They, you, they didn't he didn't show emotion to the later books and those books are not in the public domain, stuff like that. Right. So, you know, that's why you see a lot of Sherlock Holmes, because it's out there. I mean, if I could, I'd do one, too, just kind of a variation of it. But, yeah, I I I, I liked it. But the second time I watched it, I was a little I was getting a little bored. I thought it's a little long. 
Interesting. I, 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 it's two, it's two hours plus. It's two, two, two hours and two minutes, I think, or two five. Like the, like the crux of the movie. It's close and, to yeah, two, yeah. The main plot of the movie ends, and there's like 15, 20 minutes of like wrap up of her story and her relationship with Mycroft and Sherlock that kind right. of extends a little. And I think that has to do with the fact that you're adapting a book, you're adapting yeah. a book that's part of a series. Uh, so it's probably why you want to put all that in there. But overall, I did enjoy it. But again, it's tough to kind of really connect with this piece as I would something that is skewed for me. You know, it's tough to connect with something that I'm not the intended audience because I'm not a young, uh, young adult. I'm not a, a YA person who's going to, you know, eat up all these books. I'm, you know, stuff right. like that. I don't, I don't know how you thought about that. Well, I mean, there's two things at play. One, I'm I'm interested in that considering you are also kind of a YA author, True. especially in a detective series. So for however you connect to, say, Adam Parker, obviously it's a boy character and, and you can kind of maybe see yourself in it or at least kind of maybe know the beats uh, of that age level for that gender or however you saw your life, uh, you know, and how that goes. Sure. So I don't know if that works uh, for you in terms of how you write it. But this one, I know, you know, you have, they're based on a series of books written by Nancy Springer. There's six books. So obviously, you know, if this one is successful, which I definitely think this is going to be successful. Who knows? I, they never I, released data. Who knows? Who knows how much money it makes? No, but I will say, given the the people who are behind it, meaning like, A, it's Millie Bobby Brown who, you know, Stranger Things is not over, but like it's probably got maybe two seasons left. True. I don't know. They've been very weird about like, they kind of see that it's coming to an end and then they'll come out and be like, no, 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 we know how it ends and it's going to take two or three seasons or whatever. So they always go back and forth. But this particular character and these series of books i know uh it this movie is also produced by part of by millie bobby brown's uh, family's production company so it's within their best interest to also keep this character going to to develop it into a franchise because like i said there's six books uh you know page uh brown who is millie bobby brown's sister is also a producer on this it's built into the family it's under the i I forgot what it's called. It's PCMA, I believe it's called, is the uh, production oh, company production that it's house. under. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. PCMA. Well, this was uh, gonna be a this was gonna be a theatrical release, right? And then they then obviously everything happened. They just sold it to Netflix. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know they also PCMA have a product with Netflix already. So there was an all uh, kind of a relationship there besides just having Millie Bobby Brown as this you know, product of theirs with, with stranger things. So there's a movie called time, a time lost, which is actually a story that is by Millie and page. Like they wrote the story and then it's now the, the screenplay is being written. Uh, so they're developing that through Netflix. So, you know, you're seeing, uh, something that they have a vested interest in. I think that seeing that there is multiple books and they kind of tease, you know, the end of this one to kind of see it going forward that I think that they have they have the thought to keep this going forward. And what I would say is that 
as a person who has a daughter, you also have a daughter actually in the age bracket that would watch this movie hypothetically. Uh, <laughs> no, I do I have a daughter. Not, she's not a hypothetical daughter. She exists. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. That it, the the watch is hypothetical. Yes, but the uh, you know I would say that the message is on point. Uh, that this kind of, you know, strong feminist story, you know, kind of coming through. Is this considered the suffragette movement, movement suffragette? Uh, uh, well, in uh, in Britain? I don't I know. I don't know if it was the exact uh, title of the movement that was going on, but it's obviously the, the women's rights movement and this a is, lot of things going on. This is the 1800s, the, though. Right. Late 1800s. Yeah. So you're developing like obviously in America, the women's voting rights stuff didn't come until 1920 yeah early early so, 1900s yep right so you're kind of seeing it mirror it was probably a little i think it was a little bit earlier it's it's time era accurate sure. from what i understand from reading uh up on that a little bit yeah i i do some of that reading too <laughs> and it's not just you mike field uh but it's 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 time accurate in terms of when holmes where holmes was in his uh, career in the actual canon as well as what is going on in real life so they kind of mirrored this all together i don't know how much this actually mirrors the book yeah, um, yeah because when i was reading the description i don't think they went too heavy into that type of feminist story i mean there's a little bit of that and i know the author also had a series of books uh under uh robin hood's daughter um, where it was so it was a kind of similar like take a popular literary character and make a you know a female or feminist spin right but I you know from a young female perspective but you know I don't know how much of that is in there I don't know if you know that at all no I don't um but yeah no it, it that, now that you say that though it because that the social stuff in the movie feels not for the lack of a better term shoved in there like it just mm. feels like it's in there. And I don't know if it's because and I don't have a pro I obviously don't have a problem with it. Not that I need sure. to qualify that. I hate that I have to qualify that. But well, people don't know you. You could be a terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> I could be lying. I could be still be a terrible person. But you're right. Um, That's true. <laughs> uh, but like it, it's it. I don't know about you, but it's there's a lot of this. There's a lot of this kind of like story element in terms of just kind of this idea the idea that they're putting forth in this movie it's in a lot of other movies and when you see it so many times does it start feeling like you've just you're seeing it again does it does that wear on you a little just kind of like just not the not the whole fact or the point of the matter in terms of women's rights and all that stuff i just right. mean just having to go through that story again does that does that wear on you a little bit yeah i mean because there's not a lot of stories that just come up and just you know tell their story and kind of lead by example right. versus like we have to do it during a time with to to prove that there was some kind of movement behind this not just right it it almost kind of and i'm sure i'm i'm curious you because especially you're into sherlock holmes as i am the one thing that i wish this movie had a little better was the actual sleuthing <laughs> um, yeah the, the the case is not hard Right. It's not sure. It's not Holmes. It's not Sherlock Holmes style solving. Like he solves it when he, the way he goes at the end, not to cut you off, but the way he goes no, at sure. the end and he says he shows him the the paper and he says, look, the medals on his chest. He was right. he wasn't at he wasn't in this, the country at that time because he was at war. It's like that's how right. Sherlock Holmes solves stuff. Anola right. did not solve anything like that in this movie. No, you're seeing the 
kind of the basics of what they show you that the mother taught her, like a lot of the word games, the crypt, you know, the what's the word I'm looking for, the ciphers and and mm-hmm. things like the that. Cryptograms, that you can, yep. Right, so. You know, you're seeing a lot of that. She deciphered some of the other things as it goes along in terms of the story uh, with the uh, the Lord Tewksbury character that she involves herself in. But I will say that, especially because she's dealing with two mysteries to solve, essentially, that, you know, you're kind of seeing it, it got too thin mm-hmm. and, and, and they have to be because if she's serving two masters, then it kind of can't go full tilt plus it's like you said it's an adventure where she's on the run too so there's a lot of layers where they can't go too heavy in one direction yeah that's why i guess if we are making the comp if uh you know anyone's seen young sherlock holmes that is pretty much a straightforward like from the first few minutes you know that there's something afoot (laughs) and and, uh you know something has to be solved and and it's going to be something personal right and but it's also you're gonna over over the time of solving the case do you get to know the person versus the beginning of this movie act one you're getting to know the person and how they were created their character was created and then you see where the mystery is and then have to go from there so it's a little bit backwards or twisted from the act structure that the the prior stuff goes or any Sherlock Holmes for that matter a lot of times you know you're kind of seeing you know this inciting incident that you know leads into later parts of the case this one starts with you know kind of the origin versus you know going into an actual case well this the Enola Holt has the origin story in the beginning but it also you keep seeing it in flashbacks. It keeps going back to it. It keeps going back to her mother, uh, played yeah. by Helena Bottom Carter, and she keeps like telling her for certain things, and she keeps all of a sudden remembering things that happened when she was at home, and so it keeps kind of reminding you of that throughout the story. Um, sure. Not to jump to the, the the Sherlock young Sherlock Holmes, but in young Sherlock Holmes, you you obviously everyone goes in knowing who Sherlock Holmes is, but you in the in which the, is helpful, correct? <laughs> but yeah. in the in the movie in and of itself, you know everything you need to know about that character once he solves where the missing trophy is in the boss. When he's right. when, he, when his uh when his his friend, but it's not his friend, hides it and he's like, I challenge you to get it. And he does it. You know, okay, this guy is super smart. He knows how to right. solve things. He knows he sees things other people don't. Okay, sure. let, let's go. Let's move on. Let's get to the story. This one right. just kind of introduces like it's like my mother left me on my birthday. And right. She has to and and she starts trying to have to figure that out. And we keep getting that reminder of her origin story throughout the movie, throughout pretty much the first 90 to probably 90, 100 minutes. It's just constantly going back and forth, back and forth. What I wanted to ask you, do you like the fourth wall breaking? Do you like her talking to us? Yeah, no, I was going to bring up the fourth wall thing uh, because this movie is directed by Harry Bradbeer, who is basically a TV director uh, known for especially recently doing Killing Eve and Fleabag. Fleabag obviously was uh, a huge hit and Killing Eve is as well and it's still going. But Fleabag is known for breaking the fourth wall as well. And the way Bradbeer pitched it, when uh you know because it was jack thorne the writer jack thorne here who uh 
he's he did the Eddie for Netflix uh, that's going on right now. He's also he did a couple of Amazon projects with the Aeronauts and Radioactive. Uh, he did his Dark Materials for HBO. Uh, he also did Harry Potter and the Cursed Child on Broadway. Uh, I think he won a Tony for that. So he's he's got a very he's British. He's British for sure. He's a BAFTA award winner. He's got all the awards. He's a very accomplished writer. And but it was his idea that, you know, the fourth wall would be a good idea in terms of how to actually structure it because playing upon the whole Enola alone character, you know, that kind of character trait that basically they wanted to treat it like the audience was her only friend. Um, that she didn't have anyone else to turn to, especially when her mother is gone. So we have to act like her sounding board, at, you know, that a friend would be. Like, we're basically the Watson in this scenario, I guess. We're kind of, like, bouncing ideas. And you notice as the movie goes on, there's less and less of it because she has other people that she's filling her life up with. I wonder how much they're going to use that going forward if they do more sequels. But for right now, I guess that was the idea behind using the fourth wall. How did you feel about it? I wasn't a huge fan of it. I'm not I'm not usually a huge fan of it. I think it works best in uh, a different type of movie, like a comedy like Fleabag. Obviously, I've only seen a couple episodes of Fleabag because when some when everybody tells me to watch something, I don't watch it. You know, I, right. It's hard to get there Well, because I it's know. just like enough already. I get it. It's great. Now, that being said, you should well, watch, guess what? It is great. Well, that, that, that being said, you should watch Cobra Kai. OK, moving on. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't think anybody's ever done it any better than Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So I always it's 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 in my head that I compare it to that. But yeah. like that, like a comedy, like a Ferris Bueller, a Fleabag, a comedy movie or Deadpool or D- Deadpool. Well, although Deadpool, for well. me, Deadpool shtick wears thin real quick. But that's that's nothing to do with the fourth wall character. That just has to do with the the, the movie. Um, yeah. But for an adventure movie, I I, I don't really I'm not, I'm not big on it. I'd rather just watch the adventure, watch her interact. But that's fine. It doesn't it's not a deal breaker. It's not like, right. oh, that's it. I'm out. Uh, you right. know, it's just. I just probably wouldn't choose to go that route. I guess if I was doing the pitch, that would not be my, part of my pitch, but whatever. It's sure. fine. You know, I just, it's fine. It just doesn't really, it's not something I would want to do. But I think something that we can both agree on is that the, <laughs> the thing that we do want to see more of going forward is completely ripped versions of old literary characters. <laughs> now that we see Henry Cable being completely shredded, uh, as Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> I think I want to see more of that, like maybe an Inspector Clouseau, but totally ripped, maybe played by The Rock or something Please, like that, something. That's you terrible. Know, maybe a Captain Ahab <laughs> just completely just, you know, Popeye out. That would be amazing. So uh, what did you think as, you know, because Sherlock matters in this film, yeah. but he also has to be a different a different version. He can't be over the top. He can't take over here. Right. He can, He can only kind of be you know, this sideline character kind of developing as a brother more than a detective. How did you feel that they use Sherlock in this? Uh, I, I I think it's her story. So I think they used him too much because when I see him, oh, until, really? when I watch him, he's the only person I want to watch. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like he's, fair. and this isn't taking anything away from uh, Millie Bobby Brown or just that character, but the character of Sherlock is much more interesting to me when I'm watching it. Now, again, 
not the intended audience. So I'm not I'm coming in with knowing about Sherlock Holmes. And right. to be fair, this version of Sherlock Holmes is very YA, is very clean. It's not yes. he's not because Sherlock is usually and I, I mean, we talked about how they're getting sued, but Sherlock is is the, can't interact with people socially. He's just he's blunt. He's mean. He's it, it, he just yeah. he has no he does not really want to bother with people that can't talk to him on his level. He just wants nothing to do with it. Solve the case, move on. Um, so, and I know, and he's also, he was also an, an, an addict, so they're not going to put that in there. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, but, so this is like a very cleaned and version of Sherlock. And I knew that going in and that's fine. So you basically have the charm of Cavill in there. And that's what I, and now that works, but yeah, I think it's, it should be her story and it shouldn't, you shouldn't he shouldn't be in it that much maybe bookend or he does pop in and out he's not in a lot but he really shouldn't be in it as maybe maybe i'm saying like five ten minutes less of him um mm. but again that's me coming from i dig on that character so i'm not you know i'm not coming from the book angle i'm not i'm not somebody who read the books and who you know loves that stuff so right i think he's the right tempo for this film i think he's i i agree that maybe he's in it a little bit much but what you're seeing is kind of just him being used here as an expert who can be impressed by her development and so it's the only person who can be because you have mycroft who's trying to change her into a different person you have the mother who is gone who is impressed but from afar obviously we don't know where she is for you know most of the film so you need someone to kind of just look at her and be impressed with where she's heading, especially someone who hasn't seen her in a long time and only knew her as a small child to kind of see who she is as a developing teenager. Uh, You know, so they kind of use that here. And obviously Sherlock, if you don't have Sherlock in a Sherlock Holmes type product, you know, obviously that's, probably not going to work for maybe as a family film to like sit down for everybody. Um, but you need him here because he's the guy, but you're right. I mean, as long as he's on the screen to me, I want to know what he's doing. Can't, you know, why isn't he taking over? You know, it's, it's a presence that has to be reckoned with going forward. And I think I would assume going forward that, you know, because she's kind of becoming more independent that the more independent she is, she'll kind of, you know, use him maybe as an advisor role here and there. But I would assume they're going to be apart. They're not exactly going to team up, I would imagine, <laughs> yeah. uh, going forward. One of the things that they tried to set out uh, with this film, there were three words that they had plastered on their production office walls, which was eccentricity energy and emotion at i wonder do you think that they pulled that off in terms of those three things i think that's something that they actually did accomplish like the the pacing of this film i thought was impressive uh and it fit it's like a modern pacing and especially for the audience that netflix is trying to get across the younger audience it can't be as slow and methodical as a lot of the other sherlock properties but it also did have more energy and more conviction and a lot of things that you know maybe you don't get out of the especially the versions of Sherlock that are actually under <laughs> uh, public domain the the slower more methodical the the emotionless 
versions of Sherlock. So it's kind of plays as a counter to that. How did you feel about that? Well, I mean, you can't compare it to the Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes because those are full on action. So, sure. I mean, that's I mean, right there, I'll tell you those. But those, even the BBC, like the Cumberbatch, oh, Sherlock, or even some yeah. well, modern well, versions. Well, those because those are mysteries. Those are those aren't adventures. Those are straight up sure. mysteries. It's about like Sherlock is Sherlock Holmes. Like the Guy Ritchie's are mysteries, but they're action movies. They're, they're pretty much action films. Right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's a, it's an adventure. It's it's more adventure than it is mystery. We talked about how she doesn't really solve the case like Sherlock solves it, you know, like it, figuring it out. Like, I, I know she does like the tree was cut. Like when she tells him like the tree yes. wasn't just just fall on you, broke, it was cut. Right. Um, that's f- but it's 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 trying to be an adventure story. And that and yes, it does succeed in that. Absolutely. It's just I think yeah. it's just I just think it's long. I think it's maybe 15 minutes, 10 minutes too long. Mm. it's like it's two hours man it's like and if this is for a young if this is for a a ya crowd this is for 13 year olds 14 year olds young young girls young boys um you might lose their interest with a two-hour movie it's just it is what it is you know it's long yeah do do you have a a pinpoint on what gets belabored if that's the case like what would you gut like is it because there's a point in the movie that i think is kind of the problem in terms of the the later half of the film structure that gets away from the film where she yeah. I don't like that she has to make a conscious decision to save Lord Tewksbury yeah. versus like having something develop and that she's kind of forced into action well, you, versus because if she's abandoning finding her mother you need something to kind of push have a propulsion in that and I think that to me is where the movie lost its way slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still enjoy the story and the casting's good and all the performances are good. But there's something in the story structure where I wish it did have more propulsion or at least match the propulsion that the first first act and probably the beginning of the second act did. You're talking about when she's on the car and they're at, and, and she, they just escaped the uh, girls' school? Well, they, so they've gone separate ways. Right. And there's literally a part where she's sitting in the room that she gets when she's in London and she's reading through things. Right. And okay. she realizes that her mother is kind of like maybe she doesn't want to be found. She has her own thing, but she can actually help Lord Tewksbury, who, you know, they she thinks that she can actually save his life or save, you know, some kind of impending danger because he's helpless or that he like he needs the help. Yeah. So she, and she literally says that in so many words, almost directly those words. And that's when I was like, that seems forced. Well, she does. And I it, wish that it wasn't. Well, she does it twice because she has she makes the same decision twice when that moment. And right. then after she escapes the boarding uh, school or the girls school with him. Yeah. She, and the fork and, in the road. And she hears the voice like so it's the same moment two times. So right there you're repeating yourself. I think Correct. that I think these when she goes to the boarding school, that needs to come earlier in the movie. That needs to come when Mycroft yeah. takes her and she goes away because that's that's not like I know what they're trying to do there. That's the beginning of the third act when you think that nothing's she's never gonna solve the case that she's gonna solve. Like you know what I mean? Like right. she's she's never she's not gonna do what she needs to do. But that's that that's not the moment for that. The moment for that is when. She is taken away from her house and she has to suffer through that because there's that should be longer that, that you have Fiona Shaw in there. That, that clearly that's a big role. That yeah. stuff should be longer and, and, and maybe in the beginning more. 
because at the beginning of the third act, what it should be is that her life is in danger, not that she's not able to solve the case. It should be that her life is in danger. Um, I mean, now, again, I don't like to rewrite someone's story. I just think that where we're talking about it's dragging, I think right in there towards the middle of the second act and towards the end of the second act leading into the third, we kind of meander and she repeats a decision. She is kind of taken off course and put into a house and put into the home. And it's just kind of like, it's almost like the rest of the story is waiting for Enola yes. Holmes to enter back in. And it's like, right. that's not really great. And that, that kind of maybe was where I'm having a trouble in terms of it. Needs, it's too long, but, but you make a great point in terms of that decisions twice. Absolutely. Yeah. And especially uh, not to keep comparing the two, but I find them fascinating in terms of comparisons is young Sherlock Holmes is that they sideline him and young Sherlock Holmes to kind of like expel him and get him out of the property. But he's immediately thrusted back in. That's kind of like just a, a moment of like, do I bail or do I not? And it's quick. Yep. It's not exactly, you know, something like this where you're making a conscious decision, looking at evidence side by side and going, I guess this one can wait yeah. like literally to the fourth wall mm-hmm. um, doing that kind of conversation that does didn't work for me as much as something that actually just pushes them into the story. Well, let's do another comparison then, because I'll sure. say this with young Sherlock Holmes in young Sherlock Holmes, the whole, he, his character himself is having your is, is, is an arc where he is somebody who fe- feels he falls in love. And right. then towards the end of the movie, he re- he loses his love. And then you get the idea that he is going to become cold and he's not going to be the Sherlock Holmes anymore like that. It's going to be the Sherlock Holmes that everybody knows. So his right. his um, his character is shifting and changing and he's learning, you know, his his personality is shifting. Like there's a personality growth within that movie. Do you find that in this movie? Because I don't I because I she is the same. And there's a point when she goes, she's however she is. But then when she goes to when she goes to the manor of the Tewksbury Manor and when she's like talking how she's dressed as the widow and then she pops in and she's like, hello, it's me. And it's like, we already know that number one. And then that moment in, in, in that scene, she, her, her character suddenly changes like her, her personality shifts to being like clumsily and, and just kind of like, Oh, you mean me? Oh, okay. Like, like really like, it was really weird. It was a really weird shift in that moment, but I never really felt like her personality ever had a shift in terms of, She's a different person at the end of this movie than she is in the beginning. I don't know. Maybe I missed it. What do you think? But no, you're right. The The development of young Sherlock Holmes is very different than hers, where you're talking about kind of a, a development of confidence and kind of like seeing her abilities that she was taught, you know, from her mother and kind of she's on the run. She's kind of learning as she goes. She's not really you know, like Sherlock is in young Sherlock Holmes, where he's kind of already developed a small reputation. He's already kind of developed his skills. He's just getting better and, and changing his emotions, uh, which is something that is, you know, was supposed to make this a, a different version of Sherlock in that regard. This one, we don't have any idea what she's supposed to be like and her personality doesn't really change if anything she just gets to kind of step out of the shadow of her mother her famous brother her more overbearing 
older brother that she kind of gets to be her own person and kind of you know take you know what she kind of sees from what her mother's up to and kind of using her detective skills and just gaining more self-confidence one thing i did want to actually bring up to you which kind of dovetails into this is that do you think that they pulled a lot of punches with this movie? I mean, you brought it up in terms of what Sherlock is like, that it's the YA version of Sherlock. I think this movie all around, because there's no death. There's not a ton of imminent danger. There's a couple of moments with the guy in the bowler hat. the Burn Gorman? Yeah, Burn Gorman's character. So, I mean, there you have the, the train. You have the moment in the alley. You have a couple of things there that, you know, are are moments of true danger that she has to fight off someone. But outside of those moments, and obviously the end, we're, we're, but even that is kind of, I thought that was a little punchless too. I don't know how you felt about the end, but I don't want to get too spoilery for this one. But basically I would say that, you know, Sherlock Holmes, the whole plot is death. Everything is death. And so <laughs> for him to Always. make this sweeping change, um, for young Sherlock Holmes is easier to compute because everyone around him is falling. You know, it's this huge, it's a, it's a, you know, a cult that's uh, involved with that one. This one's a little more lighthearted, even though it is someone trying to be assassinated. Essentially it's someone out to murder someone uh, to work in. It's, it's very heady. You got some political angle, you got some feminist angle, so it's a little bit different. So how do you feel about the difference between those? I mean, do you find that to be more accurate, a good answer to your question? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think, well, you have a death, but it's off screen. It's the father. So you don't really know, you, you know, right. like his, the Marquise's father. So you don't, you know, it's or exactly. Or Kess, yeah. So you have one, but it's off screen. Right. Uh, it's, it's, but again, it's, uh, we're not the audience. So it's, a, it's the audience and that's probably not something, you know, that's not important to them in terms of this story. Sure. Um, which I think, and this could go to, this is a dialogue or debate that my other, my buddy Butler and I have all the time is that kids movies and young adult movies today don't go too dark. They don't go scary Yeah. for some reason, like movies from the eighties and movies that you and I watched. It's like, there's some, there's some dark stuff. Like, Oh yeah. I love like, Go watch Cloak and Dagger, the the Dabney Coleman movie. Okay, I'm pretty sure that's PG. Yeah, there's some people getting murdered in that, and it's like they're not shying away from it. Sure. And it's, and when we're watching it back then, I'm just like, yeah, right, no problem, whatever. But now thinking back, I'm like, wow, they would not do that now. They would not shoot some dude in the eye in a PG movie, like <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So so now yes, I, I but I don't so I don't think that's just I don't think it's just what's the word I'm looking for solely to Enola Holmes. I, I think right. it's more of a broader thing in terms of movies these days that they don't go the, that, that, that darker route. Uh, young Sherlock Holmes is pretty dark. Um, yeah. Especially what they're doing. They're burying people alive. Um, what was the other question you asked me about the end? Cause I forgot that one. Well, that, uh, <laughs> that it was also kind of punchless. I mean, it kind of oh, right. worked okay. with that too. Uh, yeah, no, but I will say this when she's trapped in the alley and he's fighting her and he's trying to kill her. Why? Um, shouldn't isn't his whole point to find Lord Tewksbury? Yes, but so why are we he, murdering the girl? Well, he mentions that it's because she has now seen his face after he's trying to get but, information from her. 
you still need to find Tewksbury. True, but he didn't get his information. But now she right. knows that not only is he looking for him specifically, but who he is and what his angle is. So basically she has to be ridden of at that point. And so I understood yeah. that one uh, as far as that. But I will say that I think in terms of the message here, the casting, the the acting you know how they kind of move this film i wish it was more like the beginning of the film than the end but i would say i'm looking forward to the potential of sequels i'm hoping that this is just once they broke out of you know the tie-in to kind of having the origin story here developing several characters all at once that maybe now going forward that they can kind of really hone in on who she really is and what her skill set really is what would you hope for if they do go forward to kind of either tighten up for future films well i hope that they shoot back to back because she's going to get older and they're not going to be able to do uh much more of these movies because she's not going to be too old sure and she's going to look too old so or, or you have to uh now you start losing your YA crowd. Obviously, it doesn't matter because they're going to go with you. But you're going to have to start doing like kind of like Harry Potter. Yeah, I was about to say to Harry Potter like does the same. Movies. Yeah, but uh, but Harry Potter and the books ages. Not I don't know about the books for these um, for these for for Nola Holmes. I believe I they ages that much. I believe they I don't do only because when I read uh, a bit about the author herself, she said that basically the reason why there's only six and that she didn't go forward that she felt like the development of that character kind of peaked and went through and she didn't feel like more was needed to get gotcha. like the kind of the coming of age version of this. So I'm assuming sure. that a lot of these are, you know, it's cl close in age, but showing the real development and maturity. So you obviously need to age the character a little bit as it goes, but you're right. I would assume if they really want to try to play this out, that they're going to have to, you know, really kind of pack these movies together. Well, the other thing is, especially with the state of, you know, movies right now in the industry. So are you going to do a, if you do, let's say you do a trilogy, you do the second movie. You're not going to really start shooting this movie until 2021, probably late. Yeah. Even if you can, uh, because the only reason you're going to like you, the only reason you're going to have it going earlier than that is if it's such a success that it's like, OK, let's put the money into it. But if you put it out in the theaters, is it still going to is it going to make the money that you need to make? off of a, a vod release you know or you just keep it on vod with netflix like it's like there's questions there too because we, and granted we're now in the world of pvod premiere vod right where you, now you have movies you know you have mulan open up for 260 million uh you know just on disney all disney premiere access it's like now it's a whole new world now so maybe maybe you maybe it will stay vod and, and be more it'll be behind a paywall what what, what you, you know what i mean like so I would imagine so, yeah. it's going to stay here, especially if Netflix yeah. has to deal with that lawsuit. There is no way they're going to be like, hey, we solved all your problems. Take it elsewhere now. It's <laughs> I, I, yeah, I can't imagine unless there's some other contract where they're like, yeah, you can take this one for us, Netflix, but then all future considerations will go to the theater or maybe, you know, they'll they'll try to do. Something like they did working with the Irishman, some of these other products where they go, yeah, it'll be in limited release in theaters if you really want to go experience this out there. Because if they are more action adventure stuff to it, yeah, yeah. maybe that's where some of the, the audience will want to go. But then mm -hmm. have it be on Netflix exclusively going forward as well. I mean, 
once you rip the Band-Aid off, I mean, like, Netflix has so many movies, that, especially that came out this year, that are franchise. I mean, you, yeah. if you look at well, the they old guard they, yeah, extraction. Yeah, they purposely did a summer movie season. Absolutely. Totally. And, and even with their their uh, rom-com stuff, their young rom-com stuff, you know, uh, The Kissing Booth and To All the Boys I've Loved Before is wrapping up their third ones for 2021. So, you know... They even know how to develop franchises on this age level as well. So I think if you kind of see, you know, what they're trying to pull off, especially uh, trying to develop properties that they can have a long running standing thing, uh, especially like I said, Stranger Things is wrapping up. So if that's the case and they want to keep her in the fold because they know how successful stranger things was then they have to try to really play this out i'm surprised they actually didn't go to netflix in the first place uh that this was actually done through legendary slash uh warner brothers uh in terms of the release but and that it had to come to kind of covid to to sell it off versus having it developed through this way well you're also you seem to be you you also seem to be thinking that people are coming to Stranger Things for her because they're not. They're coming for the show, uh, just the the retro, the kitsch value of Stranger Things. I would argue that for this movie, you have a built-in audience already that love the book. I don't know if she's strong enough right now in her career to open a movie. I mean, because she, you know, I I just don't know. I, I, I mean, and again, that might be just because... <laughs> nothing opens in the theaters right now so it's really no, difficult true. to gauge yeah nobody that. opens a movie yeah. mike i'm yeah. sorry exactly like what are you talking about russell crowe and unhinged yeah. <laughs> well basically no, to it, those ends yeah. i mean it's either like look at what's coming out now it's either you're tied to a franchise and like yep. you know it's not like gal gadot you know was a person who opened a movie it's wonder woman opening the movie absolutely if you're, you're talking right. about like things like you know netflix is doing the old guard Char- Charlize Theron can kind of open a movie, but like you know, it's not like the long shot was a big money maker, you know. And that I liked was her. it. I loved it, but like you know, it's <laughs> not something that needs to go out into to to theaters because it's going to barely break even or make a little bit of money if it's successful, you know. Sure. So something like this, you know, I mean, it's a franchise, so maybe you know you hope for the best and try to rely on her popularity. I actually disagree with you, man. I think. Ooh. You know, Eleven was the iconic character that came through there. I mean, yes, there are different reasons why different age levels come to there, but she is definitely above and beyond the popularity of, say, like, even, uh, you know, what's his name? Wolfgang. See, again, I can't even remember their freaking names. Like, oh, oh, you're talking about the characters. The other kids well, no, no, no. in Stranger that's, Things. But that's, She's a, above but that's a character. But that's a character. That's the way her character's written. I'm saying that. I'm saying you take Millie Bobby Brown out of let's go. Say she opens a movie. Let's say she opens Enola Hall. Well, when was this movie going to come out in the summer? That's a good question. Like, what was the plan? I, I don't know exactly because they sold it in April. So I don't remember it being on the summer schedule. So that could be. It was probably a late summer, I would imagine. Because it feels like a summer movie. Yeah, it feels like, like an August like movie. It's not yeah, going to be a big yeah. July blockbuster. It'll probably be like an early August movie. Right, right. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying she's she's great in Stranger Things. I just think that Stranger Things has a lot more going for it than in terms of its what the story, the, the, the atmosphere, just everything about the story of Stranger Things, I think is bigger 
than just who plays 11. That's all. I'm not saying I'm no, saying she does a great sure. job. And I would yeah. hope so if it's uh, <laughs> a series that's very successful and has lasted multiple seasons. It better be more than just right. her, uh, especially because it is an ensemble. But sure. I would say that, you know, kind of looking into, I don't know, maybe the social media prism or the 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 stardom that she's gotten out of it versus some other people you know drake, sure. drake doesn't give a shit about those other kids it's just <laughs> millie bobby brown and oh creepy and she also you know to her credit like i said she's starting a production company she's oh, she's sure. got a lot of things for someone who's 16 years old to to try to develop and and really get things through so i don't know i i feel like her star ability can open a movie for as much as these things work it's the same thing like Noah Centineo, right? Noah Centineo becomes like this big Netflix star through the rom-com stuff. They want him to now be something that opens up like He-Man, Masters of the Universe. They think that he has that kind of power. And his... Uh, Pun intended? (laughs) I I missed the pun. I'm sorry. He has the power? Ah, yeah. Good call. I hate myself for it now. But we're rolling. Um, But... You figure it's the same deal. Like she's a Netflix star that is trying to, you know, bridge the gap to get into movies and trying to do more things for herself. You know, he's doing kind of the same thing. You know, that's going to end up being his vehicle to try to do. It's a, a, it's a strange. Thing. It's a strange new world. Now, I don't think the pandemic. I think it's hastened this, but I think this was coming in terms of how VOD success or how streaming success was going to translate to the big screen. Right. And would it work and how it would work and who would, who would hit and all that stuff. I think it's, I just think that this was coming. The pandemic has just made it something that now it's in the, it's, it's real. It's right. It's happening right now. Like these discussions. So like every time we talk about a franchise, what do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen with the next movie? Like all these, those factors need to be figured in because you don't know, you just don't know what's going to happen after for the next year or two years, three years, because you got people who don't want to go. Right. You got people that are hesitant. You people would just much rather watch it at home. And the the money's there. The money's there at home for people just to sit there and watch it. So it's right. like and the and you got to think like studios and that money is all them. They don't share any of that sure. with the theaters. It's like so, you know, it's just it's just a whole slew of questions that go upon anything that we're talking about. And I'm just interested like I'm not saying I'm definitely not saying this ain't going to work and that's not going to happen. No one's going to like that. I'm just saying I'd I'd like to see what what's going to happen. I have no idea how yeah. it's going to translate, you know? Yeah, I mean, especially I think this is going to work as a franchise. I would assume that it would work the best on Netflix, especially considering where things are right now. I mean, because you have a backlog of movies that are were set to be in production that are either just starting now or going to have to wait even longer and then you have all these movies that can't come out because uh you know how things are going i mean we we talked off air i believe about how kind of you know uh fauci kind of said you know hey even if there's a a vaccine out there uh that you know we're not going to be indoors without a mask you know, for probably another year after these things get introduced. So, you know, that definitely affects places like, you know, the movie theaters, the 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 theater, the Broadway theater industry, those type of places where you're indoors try for extended periods of time, hours, you know. And, mm-hmm. and so I think if 
she's smart and she's tied to it on a production level too, that maybe she might try to pivot to try to get something like this where she knows that it'll come out and it'll keep her star going, uh, that that might be the smarter play. But then again, you know, there's a bunch of different contract thoughts uh, and other things. I mean, I think, you know, I don't know if Godzilla versus King Kong wrapped. I think it did. It was supposed to come out this year or no. Uh, she's also in that franchise. Please, I mean, not for nothing, but like, I don't watch those movies for the people. Oh, God, no, <laughs> nobody does. But it's like every time they cut to the people running, I'm like, I don't care about you. Go back to Godzilla. Fight right. <laughs> exactly. And that's why, again, this one, they're going back to the the old playbook of just make it versus something big and just yeah, go crazy. Just fight. Yeah. Let's go fight. Okay. Step on the people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is what we want. Uh, but so, you know, she's obviously in that as part of the franchise stuff, too. So that's why I was like. Where is this going to go? Where are her priorities going to go? Where is she going to be? Because she's tied up in a lot of things, even with the stuff that her company is producing. I think she's got three movies under under that banner to work with, including this series. So, you know, we'll see. But I, I, I'm interested. I will watch the sequels. I'm hoping for a little bit of more. Of course you will. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> whether obviously whether I'm covering them, but actually as I'll watch I would them too. be interested to watch them. I hope for a little bit better angle on the detective portion of it because that's why I come to the Holmes property. I understand it's a little bit different and a little bit different angle. And like you keep sure. saying repeatedly, we're not the demo. Uh, we're not. <laughs> but, you know, I also think that this is a good family film though if they're gonna pull the budget like obviously this is a movie that your whole family for sure could have sat down and watched and nobody would have batted an eye you know it's not like violent or anything oh no for that we're oh yeah no absolutely no absolutely they would they would dig on it it's fine they would like it yeah it's definitely it's definitely a good family film and i know that i think we talked again a couple days ago about how hastings came out and said that they're going after Disney kids like they're going after you know that market like the kids shows and the kids movies yeah. and stuff like that so I think this is probably all plays into that um so yeah no I, it's definitely a family film it's definitely it's definitely something that if my kids would ever want to watch anything with me yeah they'd watch it <laughs> yeah and Cavill probably wants to keep you know he's rolling with the Witcher too so Netflix is propping him up a little bit you know in terms of where his career is now too because that's probably the biggest thing he's had in a little bit well he's gonna he's about to do more Supermans right uh possibly I mean the only thing I saw on the docket for sure is obviously you know we're going to get that justice league frankenstein version of uh zack snyder building into a series or whatever for oh no no no, i got that but he's but he signed for two more he signed for they just signed him for two more i'm pretty sure i read it right two more supermans and he's supposed to be in like camp and other three other movies of superman hey i mean (laughs) to what level i don't know you know is it going to be something like obviously i would assume they're not going to do just one justice league movie I think they're definitely sure going to do another one of those. And if they're going to do any kind of other crossover with him, sure. Yeah, do more do more of those stories. That's fine. Um, just don't have Zack Snyder do them, please. For the love of God, <laughs> please try to make it. Man of Steel was okay, and it, but it largely got Superman wrong, especially in the third act. But uh, mm-hmm. And that's the best of what he's done. <laughs> and that's bad. Ooh, um, so, um, Shots fired. Yeah, I know. Uh, and I will, even though uh, uh, I love you, Zack Snyder. Please come on the Nomcast when uh, you know your That's your a, army of the dead sailed. or whatever comes out that you're doing. Ship has sailed. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
but yeah, for for me, this movie is like a B minus. It's super fun. Uh, it's got a good message. It's great for the age level and the demographic. Uh, I think they did a great job at the casting, and let's hope that the the sequels, you know, get a little bit more streamlined, maybe a little bit more propulsive, and and lead with the facts versus maybe leading with the heart. Maybe I don't know. Is the is the mother storyline supposed to carry over throughout the entire series? Honestly, don't know. Um, that I, I, that's what it read. seemed like. It seemed like it's an over. Like if this was a show, if this was a series, like it seems like that's the overarching uh, theme throughout the entire series is that the mother's not there. She's there. She's doing some other things. She can't be with her. That's what it seems like. Like like if I was watching like a ten episode season, like you know they'd wrap up the mother in the season finale kind of thing. Or yeah, you would think that like if this is a built trilogy, that maybe the third one ends with something that puts them both back in a room together where she has to solve something to save her life or something. That's how right. I would picture it. But I don't know if the books are that way, especially because there's six of them. And if they did, they would probably have to skip some. Like I know there's one that involves uh, saving the life of Watson. So I don't okay. know if they're going to introduce a Watson and then try to also save his life all in one movie too. So it. I don't know what their plans are. I'd be very interesting to see it. And and I actually do find it interesting. And again, given where this went first to legendary slash Warner, I'm surprised it's not a series, uh, especially in this day and age where series seem to be, you know, again, on, on a scale that, you know, almost like a movie anyway. And then if this, some, this is something that has six books, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't just make, you know, six seasons and have them all mm. wrap into those. So maybe they didn't think they had enough, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know where they're going, but you know, I would definitely think they're going to go forward and make more sequels. Well, I prefer movies to series. I mean, I, there's some series out there that I really like, but, but I prefer movies, but I will ask you, I want to ask you one more. I know we're, you're trying to wrap up, but I'm not letting you cause I want my ask one more question. <laughs> That's fine. Um, they never really explain why, what they're going to blow up. Right. Do they ever really explain? No, that? she doesn't get the, the full like she kind of has so, targets in terms of, okay. you know, how they're going to try to affect the votes or how to affect right. change. But you so, don't fully get a grasp on why that would cause the effect that they want or what those targets represent. I think so. They're domestic terrorists. That's what we're saying yes. here. Yes, they are. I mean, I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, come on now. <laughs> we're just gonna we're just gonna skip over that part. Yes. Not you, but like yeah. the movie's just like, oh, don't don't. Yeah, they got bombs, but shh. Hey, but it's about. all for a good cause, right? That's what we do here. We just bomb things. It's all. Is good. that how we want? Is that how we want to win? Yes, <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> Especially to entertain me, I don't give a shit. As long as it's not real life, and I'm watching it on CNN. Like, yeah, can we? Uh, we could do it in a uh, safe, uh, you know, you're, late you're assuming, 19th century version. You're assuming what you watch on TV is real life. That's true. <laughs> that's another. That's another discussion. Yeah, if we're in the but Matrix, yes, this is a terrible version. Yeah. Can we change the channel? I want to do something <laughs> else, please. For the why do you, Why do you think I just Why do you think I just watch movies? Exactly. <laughs> Escapism, Mike. That's what we were talking about from the jump on this one. So that's that's the one thing I said about when we all come back to the theaters and people start making movies again. It's like, please, I don't want to see pandemic movies. Just I want to no. see big action movies. I want to see movies that I can just kind of like go and enjoy. Nobody wants to watch your COVID movie. Don't write a COVID movie. Nope. Nobody cares about that. Nope. If anything, and I don't want to see masks. I don't give a shit 
I knew how re- yeah. reality was before, and I knew how it was after. The only yeah. way I can see it happening is in like some Blumhouse movie where like it's a small part of like what the obstacles of point. the plot are yeah. versus yeah. like an actual device to, right. to tell right. the story. Or like, no, I got it. It's gonna be like you're getting chased and you want to call the police, but your face recognition doesn't recognize you because your mask is on and you're murdered. That's that's what's gonna happen. That's exactly <laughs> it. Well, here's to not getting murdered, Mike. Thank you for being here. <laughs> now, obviously, you know, I know, you know, and the people should know if they're longtime listeners of this podcast, they know what you're all about. But tell the people what you've been up to uh, since, you know, you were on the pod last. And, it's been and a while, was, man. I know. Uh, and, you know, it, you have the books out. They're available. I saw that, you know, they're Kindle available on on for a couple of the books. Uh, that yep. you do. Plus, you know, you launched a new podcast since then. So tell the people where yep. they can find everything Mike Field and what you've oh been up to. Oh my God. Jeez, that's a lot of stuff. All right. So <laughs> you can go to, <laughs> so as Andrew said, I, I am a writer. I've written two books. I don't know if they're YA books, but they, you know what's funny is that when I wrote them, I, I didn't think they were YA, but then as I read them, I'm like, oh man, maybe these are YA books. But <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I wrote there, it's Adam Parker and the uh, Radioactive uh, Scout and Adam Parker and the High School Bully. And it, they're basically like, uh, he's a sleuth and it's, it's kind of a little Sherlockian kind of, uh, he's got his own Watson and he's got his, although he has a triumvirate, he has a a, a woman that helps him out as well. Uh, but they, they solve crimes, a little town of Hilldale. Um, the books are, uh, they're out at Amazon. Like, like, uh, Andrew said, they're also on Kindle, uh, Kindle form they're everywhere. Um, I actually have two podcasts. There's forgotten cinema, which I mentioned before. Uh, that is, uh, me and my buddy, Mike Butler. We talk about, we take one movie each episode and we just kind of, uh, you know, go over, break it down, talk about, and it's basically highlight a movie that we think is forgotten that people made it. When you saw it, you're like, Oh, wow, I like that movie. But then five years later, you never talk about it. So we just kind of talk, we revisit old movies, just, you know, chatting them up a little bit. A- Andrew's, uh, suggested a couple that had, we did go, I think Andrew, what was the other one you did burn after reading? You were on that episode, right? And then, uh, and then I have another podcast called Yet Another MCU Podcast, which I do with a buddy of mine, Pat Whalen. Uh, we uh, basically go through all the Marvel movies. Pat is a huge comic book guy. I am not. I'm a good I'm a movie <laughs> guy. So we, uh, we take each episode and uh, we take each show, excuse, each movie, and, and we talk about the movie itself. We talk about the differences between the movie and then the comic which is me just asking Pat, hey, what does this mean? Why is this happening? And then we take the movie itself and its place in the MCU. And uh, that's all you can find all of that, including the Nomcast at ForgottenEntertainment.com because we are all yeah. part of the same lovely digital media family. Um, and we uh, we just promote each other. We you know, we've, we've got some hopefully things in the works to kind of uh, go beyond just podcasts. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's everywhere. You can find me at ForgottenEntertainment.com and you can actually find me on my website at MichaelDfield.com. And I'm on all the socials and stuff like that, except TikTok. I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so is this where you say that forgotten entertainment we're going to space right that's where we're going next is that what you're saying it's good enough for <laughs> good enough for tom cruise and fast and the furious is good enough for us exactly <laughs> we don't want to be on this plane anymore as established so uh, i i welcome that i also am very happy to be on board for that so i'm glad uh we can move forward with forgotten entertainment and that we can keep doing this man this is what it's all about yeah. right absolutely i i mean I like talking movies, so it doesn't matter what the movie is. I'll talk about it, which is pretty sad, but that's absolutely true. (laughs) (laughs) So when you come out with your third installment of your podcasting adventure, then you can come back on and promote that, too. (laughs) Man, I don't I don't know if I could do three. Two is tough. It's it's like I don't do forgotten cinema. I just do the promotion. Right. 
but with yet another MCO, I actually edit the podcast and, and Pat does all the promotion. Thank God. Uh, but uh, I, that's the limit. I can't do anything more than that. I mean, I could produce some, I could be there and help out, put people where they need to pe- put people and help people with promotion. But I don't know if I could do a full other one. I mean, maybe just like pop in guesting in there, but oh man, it's tough. Yeah, I know nothing about that being a one man band. <laughs> Welcome to my world now, Mike Field. <laughs> well, thanks again for doing this, man. Uh, we'll have to have you back on real soon. Anytime. Thank you for having me, Andrew.